Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. Uh, wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. The needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. Times ended up almost looking like a 6-3-1. Some very good writing about that on the Managing Madrid website. Great podcast as well. Of course, Pere Valverde was a huge part of the equation. Hello and welcome to a Monday edition of the Managing Madrid podcast. I'm your host, Kian Sabani. I'm joined as always on Mondays by, with, joined by, joined with, joined by Lucas Navarrete. Bye, no? I don't know why that, all of a sudden my brain just melted trying to figure out what worked. But Lucas Navarrete is here. This is what Real Madrid does to me, man. This is just my brain just stops working after yesterday. So I'm really excited to talk to Lucas because Lucas, um, well, I'm always excited to talk to Lucas. I think also the day after the game is is fun because I see Lucas's tweets, but I don't get to interpret the tone. I don't get to see what he's actually talking about and what he's saying. I, I miss your Twitch stream last night. I hope it went well. Um, Lucas, does a, does a game still make you angry? You cooled down a little bit. I I haven't cooled my, uh, cooled down much at all. Really, I thought it was a, a terrible performance. We, I'm sure we we'll have time to to discuss it later, but nothing nothing positive out of that game really. So it's hard to to move on from it, especially considering how costly it was for for the title race, in my opinion. I think we're out of the title race. I, I, I like, I as, I don't even think the most optimistic fan can really say we're in the title race anymore. I understand we're Real Madrid; nothing is impossible. But look, just realistically speaking, the math is just so against Real Madrid right now. It would be really hard to to make up that ground. I thought Lucas, we could start the podcast with a question. That came in from a patron mm-hmm. that I think opens up some cans of worms. And then from there, we can wherever the discussion goes, it'll go. 
as always, if you want Absolutely. detailed breakdown and analysis of the game itself, that went up last night after the game. So you can go and check out last night's podcast. Graham Gerard, our patron, says, I have to vent. This came in after the game last night. If they don't care, then why should we? This is all so predictable. A few injuries and an early match. Add to that the supposed World Cup hangover. And we have the perfect excuse to not show up. These matches make me more angry than any other. With all respect to Mallorca, any 11 we put out there should be able to get a result. This is Real Madrid, or so I would like to think. But the reality is Real Madrid is a team who needs a kick in the behind, who puts band-aids over gaping wounds, and we somehow pulled off last year, which was the biggest band-aid of all. I love Carlo, but he is at risk of repeating his last tenure really quick. One could argue it says something about his 30-plus years of coaching, and he has only won each league once. I'm so disgusted with this wait for Mbappe Holland crap too. It's amazing people have the nerve to bash Barca. They get results and show up as if the match matters. And we may have just given the league to them today, not because they are so great, but because of our attitude. It goes on. I'm not going to read the whole thing. You get the gist of it. I, uh, I agree. It's a hard stake. It's rough, but it is what it is. We, we could all see how... This game was going to be a banana peel and a very dangerous game for Real Madrid with all with only like fifty something hours of rest after the match against Valencia, away game. Vinicius having some beef with uh, uh, some of the Mallorca defenders already after the first half of the season. So we could all see the the writing on the wall that Real Madrid will have to play with intensity, with composure from the from the very first whistle, and they didn't, and they didn't. I. I to be honest, I I struggle blaming Ancelotti for this one. On the other hand, I realize that he didn't get his players ready for for this game because obviously the players weren't ready. But it should not be his job to get the players ready to play. And the other main point why I struggle uh, blaming Ancelotti after this one, when I look at the bench. For this game, something's missing, man. It's just, it's just an embarrassing bench. I realize that some players are hurt, some players are out, but you know, when you're forced and required to play Mariano 20, 25 minutes and to rescue La Liga for you, <laughs> something, something's missing there. Something hasn't, you know, someone hasn't done his job right during the summer. If Ancelotti is required to play Mariano for 20-25 minutes <clears throat> and to pretty much rescue Real Madrid's title chances away from the Bernabeu. Something someone hasn't done his job when when that happens, in my opinion. So I I, I get the frustration with Ancelotti. On I I agree to some extent that he should have uh, built and created some more efficient resources for Real Madrid to have a more structured plan, to have a better offense, better defense. I agree with all that. But at the end of the day, you take a look at the bench last... I was going to say last night. You take a look at the bench yesterday and you realize that, again, someone hasn't done his job and that's not... And and I'm not talking about Ancelotti. Multiple times yesterday, I said... I referred to the game as tonight or... You know, in this evening yeah. when it like was totally not night. It was the rare game. I'm just not used to it. Um, I think I just don't think it's black and white. I think there's blame to go around for everybody. 
And I don't think it's like, I'm not going to pinpoint and say it's that person's fault. Or You see a lot of like, you know, Jose Angel Sanchez is, is the reason we're, we're in this position of Florentino Perez or Carlo Ancelotti's fault or Vinicius' fault, Mariano's fault. I, I think if you look at what has been gone wrong, the fall really, and I'll use the word fall uh, loosely because fall for Real Madrid really means like a, a, a bad season or a couple bad seasons. The cycle will come back. We we said that there would be a huge fall after Ronaldo left. The quick the turnaround has been quicker than I think I, I envisioned. And fall just may mean you've lost the league and maybe you do something else to, to salvage the season and other trophies. I don't know. But the fall really or the failure here has been, well, one, as you pointed out, Mariano Diaz coming in to save the game. We spoke about this, that in years past, we've gotten away with not having a backup striker in part, and in part because Benzema didn't have to be rested because he wasn't playing international football. And also he was younger, but we did, we did caution. And by we, I mean like really everyone. I don't, it's not like me and you. I think everyone understood that, Doing it this season when Benzema is going to the World Cup is a risk. It turns out that that act, that problem actually happened right away in the season, well before the World Cup. Benzema was injured. We got away with a little bit. Rodrigo playing as a false nine here and there. Worked for a few games because, because Fede Valverde was scoring like crazy. Wasn't sustainable. But going into the season with, with no real backup striker or relying on false nines was problematic because ain't no false nine is not going to provide you with the presence you need to have in the box yesterday, for example. So there's that aspect of it. That's a failure of the board, um, tr- you know, failure of juggling this transitory period between Benzema getting old and leaving or until Endrick comes and who knows how Endrick will even be. We have no idea. We we expect Endrick to be a savior. Just keep your hope, keep your expectations in check, please, because we have no idea how that's going to go. The failure of the coach to me comes in the ideologies on the field, because there's a lot of people saying, "Look, this is going to be a repeat of fourteen fifteen this last tenure." The failure of fourteen fifteen was not bad football; it was. Lack of depth and injuries, and then the starters getting gassed. The football was fun. It was that 14 15 season was record breaking up until a certain point. The quartet yeah, of Modric East missed Co- half of the season, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember up until that point of Modric, Isco, Cruz, and Hamas together, that was incredible to watch. High octane, high pressing, control, couldn't get the ball off. So it was fun. Team was running to the ground. This season, Ancelotti's not making the mistake of running players into the ground. I, to an extent, yes, Vinicius is playing a lot. I get that. You, we saw the lineup yesterday. Modric and Cruz were both on the bench. It was a young, dynamic midfield. That so, what? What I what I think what he's getting wrong is you can't just keep feeding the ball to Vinicius and expecting him to beat four players. It doesn't work. When everyone in the field and everyone at the stadium, everyone who bought a ticket to that game knows that that's what's going to happen. And you can just basically plant yourself booing Vinicius for 90 minutes while he tries to bring, take on four players who are trying to break him in half. That's not working. They got to rethink that. So that's the, that's the coach's failure. Then we talked, we spoke about the board's failure. Uh, And then I also think the decision-making was poor um, from, from multiple players, including Vinicius, who has been the man of the hour. 
So I think I think there's plenty of blame to go around. Lucas is my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree with you. There, are, you know, everyone should be blamed after this. Even again, Ancelotti, and even for sure the players. You know, these guys are professionals. <clears throat> these guys should be ready to play no matter what, no matter the circumstances. And yesterday, to be honest, they they looked as they as if they were not just happy or ready to be there and face Mallorca and play and, uh, and earn the three points is it was just a, a very a very disappointing performance a disastrous performance the world's performance of the season when we could all see this coming we could all see Mallorca's game plan we could all predict what Raillo and Mafeo were going to do to Vinicius we're going to take him out of the game you know I realize it's hard for him to have a cold mind in these situations but they they took him out of the game. They took him out of the game. Poor decision. And still, and this says a lot about Real Madrid. He was one of the best players out there. Even 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 though the fact that you know Raillo and Mafeo took Benitez out of the game with with all their antics and all that, Benitez was still one of the one of the main positives, if not the only really, of the of the entire of the entire team. But again, to me this is all. I realize uh, I agree with you. Blame should be uh, distributed, but not in equal parts, man. We have sure that's fair. Uh, <laughs> Again, look, we the, the board has failed adding improving the roster in a massive way during the winter in chips that would be peanuts for this board, like Cancelo, like uh, Frank Garcia for sure. And we have Camavinga playing left back. And it looks like we're going to have Camavinga playing left-back for the next two months unless Ancelotti decides to play Alaba there. But it's a massive waste of Camavinga's talent. We've talked about this in the past. Even as, as good as he's been in that particular spot, one, I don't know if that's sustainable against a elite team yep. like we Real Madrid seen are going to be facing. We haven't exactly. We, we just don't know if he's going to keep this up against quality elite opposition like Real Madrid are going to be facing in the next two months, like Liverpool and Barca. And two, even if it were sustainable, it would be... A, it's a, it's actually a massive waste of his talent to play him there when he can actually influence your midfield in a in a much more efficient and much more dynamic way. So, to, to me, you know, having... being required to play Carvajal as often as he's playing... Being required to play Camavinga's uh, left back, failing to uh, improve the, the the squad for five million and seven million, in the case of Cancelo, and being forced to play Mariano and to to rescue your season for the last uh, 20, 25 minutes. To me, it speaks volumes about how inactive the board was during the past summer, just because of the fact that Real Madrid won the the historic double. It was. You know, we've talked about this in the past over the last few months. This complacency after the success of last season is is something that is going to cause Real Madrid this year, no matter what. To to talk about the board's failure uh, a little bit more, there's a there's a part in Graham's question that brings up a point that I brought up many times in the past couple of years as we struggled to beat many La Liga teams over the course of a season. And it's the reason why our league titles are not as high as they should be. Uh, when Graham says, I am disgusted with this idea of waiting for Mbappe and Haaland 
and also just the fact that we should be beating Mallorca with whatever 11 we have on the field. I remember two years ago, even, we were dropping points against everyone, Cadiz and Leganes, whoever. And we were failing to even score goals or even register meaningful shots against these teams. And everyone would say, and they, those teams would actually beat us, by the way. It, it wasn't just that we were drawing. And, and everyone would say, you know, if we had, if only we had Mbappe. None of these teams that are beating Real Madrid have Mbappe. And in fact, they don't have anyone who's even a, good enough to crack the entire Real Madrid squad in most cases. I don't think you can use that as an excuse. I really don't. You have enough talent to beat Mallorca. Again, I'm not saying you have to win every game because you don't have to be cyborgs or anything, but you gotta, you've already dropped so many points this season. It's not even about just doing this one time. You just have to do it enough times to win the league or at least come close to it. Cause right now you're not even really coming close to it. So you gotta fix, you gotta figure out from a tactical perspective how to come up with better ways to increase your chance of winning that do not require having Mbappe and Holland on the field because 99.9999% of teams who win a lot don't have these players. That's one. But that, but that, that's not an excuse not to sign players. If Jao Cancelo was on the field last night, yesterday in the daytime yeah. when the sun was up, he would have helped. You can, I mean, immediately at Bayern, he picked up the ball right away, had a, Really beautiful cross into the box, had an assist. Uh, Carvajal does not really exist in the final third anymore. He did not have many defensive duties last night. He had a couple that he did well on the ball. He was really poor, and he wasn't providing anything offensively. You can't tell me that Jacques Cancelo would not have been an upgrade in that situation. You can't. You also can't tell me that Fran Garcia would not have been an upgrade because as soon as Alaba came in, it enabled Kamavinga to play up the field a little bit more and and actually get into zones where he can break the lines in midfield. So you can't tell me that this is not a, a, a board failure either. The problem, Lucas, is that it's not. It doesn't seem to be a temporary thing. You know what I mean? Because again, if we're waiting for this Endrick to appear in 2024, you're going to tell me that you're really going to wait that long? You're really going to wait until Carvajal and Vasquez's contracts expire to up to upgrade those positions? Because if you're telling me that, then I think the immediate outlook is is pretty grim. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with your with the first point you mentioned in this last uh, instance, which is. You know, we're not saying that Real Madrid should win every game. Accidents can happen. Like, I understand dropping points the way you drop points against against Real Sociedad, for example. It happens. These these games happen. You know, you you have many chances, many scoring chances. You miss them all. The game ends nil nil. Okay, fine. Let's move on to the next one. Having one shot on target and that shot on target being the penalty. It's, it's just unacceptable for a team with Real Madrid's talent. It's just completely unacceptable with a team that has the likes of Camavinga, Chuameni, Rodrigo, Vinicius, Ceballos, Cross, Modric on the field. You know, not being able to generate a single shot on target barring a penalty kick with a team full of that talent from midfield onwards 
it's just unacceptable. It's just unacceptable, man. It's just something that should not happen for Real Madrid. It's just, I, I just don't know. I just don't know how you can, how can, how someone can see last night, last Sunday's performance and not be worried about Real Madrid's immediate future. Because I don't see why this would get any better, really. In, in the next few months, in the next few weeks. Man, yeah, Benzema will be back. He will help some. But other than that, you know, the roster is getting older. Reinforcements don't look that uh, likely, considering the latest news we heard about uh, Bellingham today. So it's just Real Madrid need to be, to to hit the rebuild button. Uh, button. We were told that they were going to do so last summer after the contracts of Isco, Bale, and Marcelo expired. We were told that Real Madrid will acknowledge the situation and we're going to bring some quality reinforcements. They inside to Ameni, but on the other hand, they let Casemiro go. So this is, And this is the only move Real Madrid made last summer. It's just something that, you know, the inaction from this board and from some of the fans really like to, we can maybe talk about this now. The fact that some, so many fans, so many guys around the fan base are blaming Mallorca's game plan as ugly and even despicable as it was trying to take Vinicius out of the game. You know, it's fair game. It's fair. One that's it's fair game. And you know, to whoever's listening, don't you like? I got a, a, a tweet today confusing these things, saying that we are, ju- I am justifying the racism directed at Vinicius Jr., which is not the case. I'm talking about the things that happen on the field. The things that happen on the field and Raillo and Mafeo trying to take Vinicius out of the game is fair game. The referee is there to do his job. He didn't do it in, in, in the most efficient way because he got beneath his uh, a, a yellow card, which shouldn't have been uh, a booking. But on the other hand, you know, you cannot blame that specific part for Real Madrid's result last night when your only shot on target was on a penalty kick, man. You just cannot. You, you need to look at the bigger picture here and stop looking at the number of fouls Mallorca did on Barcelona when Barcelona visited Son Mois, man. I saw some laughable tweets saying that Mallorca only fouled Barcelona nine times when they when they faced them and they, and they fouled Real Madrid 30 times. So what? I mean, what's the point? What's the point? Oh, the, the, there's a conspiracy theory that they're they letting Barcelona win and they're fighting hard against Real Madrid and all that. Are we really going to go there? Are we really not going to um, have some self-criticism and realize that Real Madrid are not doing things properly if something like what happened Sunday actually happens? This is something that it's... It baffles me, man. Seeing, seeing how complacent the board and some um, some fans are with the current state of affairs in the team. We we have to the things we can control. We have to do better. The things look and by the way, I think it's going to get worse. You know, we complain about Mallorca. Like Mallorca were organized. The, all those challenges, they're you know they're borderline. You know, maybe it can be punished more. I'm not going to disagree with that. The ref should protect okay. players better. Fine. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I'm a flag bearer of that. But these are also tactical fouls. 
Um, the plan to to foul 30 times is a plan to disrupt Real Madrid as much as possible. They have far and it was inferior, successful. It was successful. They are fire and far inferior talent than you. The I would actually even disagree with you. I think Vinicius' his yellow was deserved. He just he goes out of his way to trip Mafeo in the box, and that was a sign to me that they did get in his head. And teams will look at this and be like, "Hey, that works. Why don't we this just is a recipe? Yeah. Why don't we just get in their heads for ninety minutes and be really physical with them and act like clowns and 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 piss them off and get them frustrated? I, we have to f- figure out a way around that." Uh, there was another point you you said that I wanted to bring up. <sighs> yeah, the number I, of fouls from Barcelona, or no, I can't remember what it was. Anyways, um, it might come back to me. But we have a we have a couple minutes left. I wanted to take this another question from a patron that's going to take us in a different direction a little bit. All right. Um, this is one is it came in from Mowgli. He says, "I have a question for the Lucas Pod. Hopefully, uh." It seems everyone is very happy that Fran Garcia is coming back in the summer, but do we know if we are actually keeping him? The way the club has been acting lately, isn't it more likely that he is sold for profit? Or am I just out cynicaling out cynicaling Lucas? Cheers. Report and word from Real Madrid is that they don't like uh, treating players this way. Right now, I think that Fran Garcia will complete the precision with the team, and unless he's extremely disappointed in training, he'll stay with the first team for sure. What they do a year after, for example, is something that is obviously uh, nobody can can predict. But in terms of what happens next summer, I would be extremely surprised if Real Madrid were to sell him after being after signing him away from from Rayo with this release clause i don't i don't see real madrid treating fran garcia like that so my answer would be that he completes the precision with the team and again unless he's extremely disappointed in training and ancelotti says hey this guy is not worth it he'll he'll stay with the first team for sure yeah i mean look and and the other thing i'll just add to the transfer discussions and stuff before we before we wrap up is that we I think it's it's a, it's a, actually a good thing in some ways. In many ways, it's a good thing. We have a, a lot of players who are versatile. A lot of players who can play different positions. Midfielders who can play uh, different positions. Forwards who can play in different positions. But in, that some, in some level, when you rely on that so much, I think it actually becomes a bit of a crutch. Because our answer to this has always been, oh, well, you know, if we just have these guys, we can play wing back. Militao, we can put Tamavinga there. We can put uh, Lucas. Don't Vasquez. sign any right back. We can play Nacho. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Nacho and so many others. Rudiger himself has been playing wing back. Lucas Vasquez is a wing back now, but it wasn't a couple of years ago. I have to remember, like the idea of Lucas Vasquez at right back is would have been insane. He has. I wouldn't developed- be comfortable with Vasquez playing in Anfield, to be honest. Not because of his be quality, but be, well, no, I'm not. I'm talking about just you know, in general. This particular, yeah, just in general, you know, uh, Lucas Vasquez will be fine against most uh, teams in La Liga, even in the Champions League. But against elite teams like Liverpool, Barcelona, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable comfortable with the idea of him playing just because he doesn't have the experience as a defender. So I agree with you. Versatility sometimes can become a problem because you rely too much on that versatility 
and you stand still in the market because hey we have as you mentioned hey we have Kamavinga who can play left back so forget about the idea of signing Cancelo or signing whoever you know it's just I agree with you there we gotta go Lucas uh this was fun good chatting with you uh for our listeners, just a just a quick housekeeping. Tomorrow on our Discord channel, I'm going to be doing, and I, I wanted to talk to you about this off air. I forgot, Lucas, uh, but we're doing a audio podcast. It's kind of like Twitter Spaces. You can join uh, a room there in our Discord channel, and you can actually ask us questions by unmuting your microphone. And uh, we'll do probably at least an hour of just Q and A, depending on how it goes. We're going to try to tackle as many questions as we possibly can. So just go to our Discord server. If you have any questions at all, send us a message, preferably through patreon.com slash managing Madrid so we don't miss it. And we can get you into the Discord server. Or you can also go to our Twitter. On our Twitter, the direct link to the Discord is also there. So that's tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern, which is 7 p.m. in Spain, if you want to join that. Lucas, it was good chatting, man. Happy Monday. Yes, sir, Kim. Happy, Have a happy week. Yes, sir. Take care. Peace. Thanks for listening, everyone. And before we send you along on your way and wrap it up here, we wanted to give a quick shout out to our patrons over on patreon.com slash managing Madrid. The ever-growing Real Madrid family that is being built there is incredible. And we're really thankful to be on this journey with you guys. So shout out to all of our patrons who get a ton of bonus content. If you want to get in on the action, go to patreon.com slash managing Madrid. And a specific shout out to these $10 plus patrons, because if you pledge $10 or more, not only do you get guaranteed responses to your questions, but you also get a specific shout out on the podcast. So shout out to these $10 patrons as follows. Brandon Alvarez, Willie Reed, Will, Will Sousa, Way Pairing, Tobias Royal Botcher, Talib Salhab, Tahmid Kalam, Sujaiwani, Sumanchu Singh. Shay Hatiri, Shamil, Shabazz Sharapov, Sergio Arispe, Santos Solorsano, Samuli Justin, Samer Z, Said Mahan, Sai Mohan, Sasi Kumar, Rodrigo Balmaceda, Rishi D, Phoenix, Peter Powell, Paulo Fierro, Patrick Odayafari, As- uh, Nico Laxo, Oscar Barrera, Mowgli, MJ Diego, Marin Myrtle, Michael Zinberg, Nicholas Moeller, Matthew Atkins, Martin Ridman, Magnus Lext, Logan Stahl, Leon Stavronakis, Kunal Tilakar, Crystal Glass, Kevin Rivera, Jose Cruz, John Fernandez, Jason Fitz, Ian Marley, Graham Gerard, Gary Cohut, Frederick Rantakiro, Frederick Sundros, Faisal Hamdan, Essay, Davisito, Eloy Enriquez, Edward Sossman, Daniel Williams, Con P, Christian Toft, Christian Acosta, Charles Williams, Brendan Powers, Brandon Stevens, Ashik Bashar, Arnab Mukherjee, Arman Gashi, Arman, Armando L, Anirud Singh, Ananya Kumar, Azaz Hussein, Adrian Rios, Adar Zalukovic, Adam Dorsey, Bella Chow, Varun, Ramtin Magrur, Fabian Moreno, and Daniel Smith. You guys are legends. Thank you so much. Love you all. And Hala Mari. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.